this show we're talking about is actually a, a very Vince McMahon-based show because mm. The Undertaker was a creation of Vince McMahon. time that I went out, I went out to do the best that I could. I did things my way, and I'm going to leave my way. This time, the cowboy really rides away. I've been very blessed to have two families wife and my children and then my family on the road it doesn't happen without them it doesn't happen without the fans I have to say thank you Today it's a little bit late, but we're kind of doing a show on Vince, on Vince McMahon. We're doing a show on <laughs> Mark Calloway. Um, he's finally kind of finally well. We we can never say that in the wrestling business, but he's retired. No. So we're actually looking at um, the best three uh, entrances, matches, and moments. I mean, I've got more than three on each of these, and I've I've, I've only got three, but I've also got favorite error as well. 
Cause yeah, but what I'm saying is you could potentially have a top ten of each. Oh yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Because it's been. Did you um? Did you get a chance to watch the last ride documentary at all? Yeah, I'm actually near the last. I think I'm. I think I've got one more, two more episodes to go of it. Okay, it's. Oh yeah, when you watch the other two, yeah. they're so good. Yeah, I'm looking my mum my mum watched them with me and she really liked them because she's a massive Taker fan and we were like we'll, we'll watch one see what it's like and then we were hooked and watched all six in literally a couple of days fantastic and also as well the man seems like the coolest guy ever oh like, thank you. I, and I, I know politically we might not agree in a certain aspect and stuff but otherwise he's so cool in his voice as well I just love his normal voice yeah I would, I would love to hear him reading a book he has, he has a sort of voice like Morgan Freeman it's like I yeah. love this. It's so cool. One more soul, Vince. Um, just one more soul. I think with um, Mark Calloway, it's weird because, like he says, when he was um, a lot younger and they would do the autograph signings and the merch stuff, Undertaker was so dedicated to the character, he never went. So he'd obviously lose out on a hell of a lot of money um, doing all these signings and appearances. I mean, he'd done a couple, but there's very few and far between. And that's the whole reason why, when he left OWE, he went to go and do um, uh, Conrad Thompson's thing. Oh, Starcast. Uh, yeah, Starcast. Vince McMahon was like, you can't do that. And he was like, apparently he was like, why the fuck not? He said, I've never done these. And he's like, it's because of, you know, the other company, which they mentioned on this um, show. Yeah. And, um, he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realise. You know, he hasn't got a... He, he hasn't got a bad bone in his bloody body taker. No, he hasn't. And he's one of the only wrestlers, actually, or probably the only wrestler, where you never hear anything bad about the man. No, you don't. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Everyone, I've, everyone, I understand that documentary is very WWE, but even other people who aren't part of WWE never hear anything bad. Jim Cornette never says anything bad. Cody Rose, Tony Schiavone, no one's ever said anything bad about the man. I don't think there's anything to say bad about him. He was a locker room leader. He was fair. And he stood up to the boss if need be, you know. Like, I mean, he said he said it's easy to everyone. Anyone doesn't matter. Yeah. There was an interesting story that I heard because I think Bret Hart was moaning about taking some move from Diesel to kind of make him look weak and basically Undertaker shouted at him saying it's not all about you, it's about the business. Because to him, it's it's about the business, nothing, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, he uh, he lived and breathed for this business, hence why he mm-hmm. to leave. But um, yeah, I've got some interesting picks. I think a lot of it's going to be quite generic. Um, I think I've got an entrance which I don't think you'll have. Um, moments we may have different moments, but I think mm-hmm. the, the body of work in ring matches, I think we may have a couple of the same. So, I mean, where do you want to start off? Do you want to start? Uh, on shall we do where we first heard Osorium at all? Because I, re- I reckon that'd be quite interesting because he's been around for so long. It'd be quite interesting to see mm-hmm. where the both of us first saw him, like what show we remember watching. Look at the look on the face. 
doesn't look like he's having a good time. You think he'd steal the gold out of your team? Huh. So do you want to go first and boss of yours? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I started watching wrestling in the early Attitude Era, so about 97, 98. So that's when I first saw Taker. Um, I just thought he was mega cool. He was the, oh, you know, the Attitude Era was that kind of just getting away from the, the gimmicky world. Mm-hmm. But Undertaker was a huge gimmick, but it didn't seem cheesy because he was so invested in that particular gimmick. Um, so, yeah, for me, I first saw The Undertaker... I would say about 97, sort of WWF Warzone PS1 kind of time. Oh, okay. Um, So he wasn't the more demonic Ministry of Darkness at the time then? No, yeah, this is is my favourite incarnation of The Undertaker, is the Ministry Undertaker. He's my go-to Undertaker. If I play SmackDown and you've got 98, Ministry or Modern Era, I always go, you know, the Ministry of Darkness. So I saw him sort of turn mega evil when he comes Satan's sort of like secondhand kind of guy. So yeah, just before Ministry. How about you, mate? I bet yours uh, is well early. My, my, my one is really early. My first thing was WrestleMania 7, actually, because we had a VHS which uh, we had recorded from Sky Movies or Sky Sports when he had WrestleMania 7, and that was the first time I saw him, and it's like this man was just so cool, so fast, so demonic, and it's just cool to hear... Uh, Gorilla Monsoon calling Jimmy Snooker the phenom, but actually it's Taker, and you see the way that he squashed um, Jimmy Snooker and etc. That sort of thing, and just to see how the character when you first see him, when I first saw him, so sort of primitive compared to when you saw him, mm. and it's just amazing how he's able to evolve and develop so much that he went from being this demon of a man who never sold anything, who was just this killer, to then became, and then I saw him again at WrestleMania eight, to this really big babyface. So I kind of had that sort of thing of when he first arrived, but then becoming the babyface and stuff. I mean, that first tombstone you ever gave Jimmy Snooker looked evil, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. Legitly fucking... Even when he, like, drops to his knees, his knees are spread, so it looks more like he lands Jimmy straight on his head. The first ever tombstone I saw with Undertaker, I remember thinking, that is the coolest finisher. I preferred it to um, the stunner, because it was more protected. You didn't see the tombstone as much as you did the stunner, because the yeah. stunner's a two-second hit. Tombstone, you've got to obviously scoop him up. Position, Taker's got to look at the hard cam just for that split second before he drops to his knees. Then you had the whole, you know, as you pin him, the, yes. you know, like, it, like you, you cross the cross the hands rather than a lateral side. And then he used to put people in body bags as well back in the day too. Yeah, I loved all that at the Undertaker. And then he used to have his own uh, TV show as well called The Funeral Parlor. Never seen... Oh, is that where he starts building caskets for his next opponent? Uh that but also it was actually like you know where they had piper's pit etc there was actually a version of that so it was, like, it was like a talk show with different wrestlers and that's where on one of the episodes he turned face because um jake roberts was doing something really bad and keelish and then he wanted to stop it but then that's what turned him face and then oh. was face for many years and actually was one of the biggest faces in the whole company yeah I mean, yeah. if you watch survivor Series 93 they're supposed to be pushing and making lex dugan to the megastar but when um, Lex, but then when Undertaker's in the match, the fans go in, insane and really like, oh my god, it's Taker kind of thing. Yeah. The thing is with Undertaker, he didn't win the championship that many times. He didn't need the belt. No, no, not at all. No. He never needed the championship. But yeah, coming back round to the to the question, I first saw Taker just before Ministry days, and you saw him obviously well before that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, man. So. Um, should we go with entrances and then go into matches? 
Yeah. Or did you want to go entrances, moments, then matches? Yeah, actually, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Um, Shall I go first in my first entrance then? Go for it. And he's been the WWF champion before. Uh oh. The first blood match at the King of the Ring was King. And now it's time for the Phenom. Uh, my first entrance was from WrestleMania 20. I think one of the reasons I love this entrance so much is because it was the first time we had Dead Man back after the American Badass. I mean, the American Badass was cool, but he isn't the Dead Man. Uh, you had Paul Bearer come out, which was awesome. You had the Druids come out with like the, the ominous music. Uh, he had the Druids before, but I never won. But it was more of a sort of like a different kind of music. But when you heard the first gong going off and you heard him come out and you had the music. Oh, my God, I love that theme soon. It's, yeah. uh, it's just like yeah it's kind of like it's it's like a 180 happening but it's kind of like your childhood coming back you have the nostalgia but also it's fresh that it's actually kind of the melding of both his characters as well i, I just thought this entrance was just amazing and yeah. everything and you have the sort of like the imagery of um in the background you know when he's lifting up his hands and you see on the screen where it has the undertaker symbol against kane and all that kind of stuff and as you see kane's face go like you're supposed to be dead. It, it, it just it just works on su- on every level. It's it's, it's such an level. iconic entrance. Yeah, yeah, totally second that, mate. It was a fucking awesome, awesome, awesome intro. Um, mine is a bit earlier than that. I've got another one. So my mm. first one, basically, is um, it's against Kane, but it was at WrestleMania 14 when they first met. Ah, oh, that, that was a good entrance as well. I love it because it was the old classic WrestleMania entrance set. 
and again you had the druids but undertaker had that big sort of like triangle thing behind his head kind mm. of like an up an angled square um and it was kind of like the again just before the ministry but he was just starting to turn mega reboot as well he's had like the black yes. teardrop on his eye um what i liked about this is obviously you had the druids with the oh music and then obviously the the thunder and then the Boom. And the crowd's going. Everyone's got lighters, but before the match is the promo package where they play that really classical um, theatrical. The ha 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 ha. And then, yes. You know, one brother against another, and it's all like this, you know, Kane. And it, as a kid, Kane versus the Undertaker was the fucking shit. It's what oh, it was, man, wasn't it? It was so cool. Built this so well, all the way from like, you know. um Funny enough, it's in one of my matches, In Your House 97, the Cell match, and that's gotta be game! And you thought, I cannot wait for this. And when it finally happens, yeah. So one of my favourite entrances is uh, WrestleMania 14 versus Kane. That, to me, was just Undertaker, pure. This is kind of like, I think, what Vince McMahon wanted The Undertaker to be completely against Kane, which was meant to be the ultimate evil brother, which was the ultimate evil object to fight. Mm-hmm. And I think this was purely Vince McMahon wanted everything that he envisioned Undertaker to be in this version of The Undertaker. Because it had to be the best Undertaker for it to work against Kane, which maybe at the time was meant to pass the torch to Kane. But I think Vince McMahon's envision of The Undertaker was purely WrestleMania 14 version of Taker. Yep. And my uh, next entrance would have to be from SummerSlam 94. Now, this was... Do you, have you ever seen this yeah, match before? Uh, oh, what's this entrance, actually? Uh, is this one where he comes out with a bird? No, that was... Um, that was WrestleMania 9. Yeah. Basically, SummerSlam 94 was the like the conclusion yeah. to the storyline where it was Taker yeah. versus Baker. Yeah. yeah, the urn with the light. Yes, and then you heard the gong, and then he, because previously he just had uh, a light that went across him where he walked across the arena to lift up the lights, which was one of the cool things I loved is, even from like mid-90 feet, they added in the whole brings up the lights sort of thing. But then with this one, this is when they really made his entrance cool, because mm-hmm. he had um, Paul Barrow come out with, with a casket, he took an urn out of it, as you said, lifted the lid. Then he had it moving with the light come out. And then you just heard this gog and he saw this silhouette of him just come out. And it just, all the purple, he just walking, Vincent Mann putting it over. Then he lifts up the lights and you see, oh, he's now wearing purple. And yeah. it's cool to kind of see him develop into that. And I also love the music. Like the original theme tune's cool, but... I love, which is why I'm really glad that they've used a remix of his of this theme even nowadays and back in '98. With and for me, this is the music that I always think of Taker. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really like his original theme; it was cool and all, but this one, Grim uh, Graveyard Symphony above or Grim Reaper, whatever you want to call it. Since then, I just think is really cool and just having that music playing and the fact it's the first event at the United Center and making the Undertaker seem so cool and everything. It's just I thought it just worked so well for for that event and made Taker look the coolest when he came back. Yeah, that was a cool return. Sick, cool man. Okay, so my one. I don't think you'll have this on your list. If you if you don't know it, check it out. Mm-hmm. Judgment Day '98. Ah, oh, dude. Uh, which which one? Sick. Uh, it's, it's like, it, is 
Am I getting confused? Is that the one where he comes out where um, Steve Austin's wrestling against Dude Love? And then you see him come out, or am I thinking of... No. That, that was when he wrestled Kane for the WF Championship, wasn't it? It was that one. Yeah, yeah. okay, sorry. It I got confused. He comes out to the ministry, and seriously, the timing with the music, and the when I know, obviously, when he puts the lights on, but this is the one where he was like, evil ministry, ministry. So he's mm. got his hair like Satan. And I think, uh, I think King actually says, by God, that could be Satan himself. And you've got that... You, do you remember the start? You'd have the boom, and you had the, like this kind of weird... Yeah. Yeah, I love this feature as well, man. And then there's that massive drop. Bow, bow, bow. And it was that kind of where, where, where. It was that kind of punchy kind of sound to me. And the Undertaker used to walk a bit faster to it. And it, he just got in the ring and he, oh man, just. For, for, I just love Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. To me, that is the ultimate evil Undertaker. Um, yeah, check this entrance out. It lasts for about... It's quicker than his normal entrance. Yeah, it's it is, yeah. Um, I think this was the attitude here. They had to pick the pace up a bit. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's about two and a half minutes. It's actually on YouTube. You don't have to watch this on the network for this entrance. Um, but yeah, Judgment Day 98, Ministry Undertaker. Nice one, Bill. My number one of all time has to be his entrance from WrestleMania 29. I think one of the reasons I love this entrance is the fact yeah, that I was I, there live. You was there so, for that one. Yeah, I was there live, so that very sort of like bias towards it. But I just was really cool. It was like him coming out of hell. It and, was just the hands and it's like trying and he's like getting through them. It was the fact of the flames and the fire coming through and just, just the fireworks. smoke and the fireworks when he lifts his hands up and just having the fact that I was able to watch it because it's one of those things when you watch the Taker's entrance live like me, me and my brother went we were like ah oh, it's cool we get to see Taker's entrance live but as soon as we heard the gong we had goosebumps because yeah. it, it, there is nothing like seeing that entrance live and I think for me what they need to do with Taker he, he never had he never has to have a wrestling match ever again but if he does an entrance every year at WrestleMania on just a choke sound or something people go home happy because yeah. people actually spent money because i weird people around us who said the reason why they're there is to see take his entrance yeah because it is that much a spectacle and i think for this one even though 30 was quite cool 28 was quite cool and other ones are quite cool but i think for me this one was just really cool because you kind of had the statue of liberty having flames brooklyn bridge was like flaming up it's like it was on fire and he was just walking through his amazing like hood thing he was wearing and when he took off the hood uh you heard the lightning go off and stuff. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's, or, it's, it's Taker, isn't it? It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I would happily go and watch his entrances for the rest of my life. If I could go to every WrestleMania had the hundred percent fact of seeing one of his entrances live, I would happily do it. The thing is I've watched Undertaker entrances when you watch WrestleMania, but that, you know, and it's the only entrance I can watch. This sounds funny, but I get a lump in my throat and I could easily have like a little bit of that happy kind of, like that kind yeah. of, it hits you. It hits you like, fuck, and you think, God, you just know this is something special. Um, yeah, I mean, the start of that, like the CM Punk match, he had all like the hands. Apparently they, they symbolised all the previous souls that he'd taken at Mania. You know, like, look mm. Sort of like you know Mark Henry, not Mark Henry. Yeah, yeah, you know, Mark was Mark Henry. All yeah, the yeah. dead, people, yeah, like, all trying to grab him, and he's just like walking through, like I'm, I'm the demon. You know what I mean? It was just so symbolic. Um, I mean the entrance where he wrestles, um, 
Batista. I mean, that's another great entrance. And the camera yeah. keeps looking at Batista, and Batista's looking at him like, fucking hell. In the pre, you know, I've seen an interview, and they said about your match with Taker, you know, and he says, like, basically, that was when you're standing there and you've got Undertaker coming out and you're in the ring as the opponent, you know you're on the main stage. He said, you generally, doesn't matter how good you are, who you are, you will shit yourself. You're wrestling the Undertaker and you see that dramatic entrance. He stands in the ring, he stood down, takes his hat off and then the stairs and his eyes roll back. He said, generally, yes. you have fear in your heart. He yeah. said, you're like, this has got to be a good match. I can't let the Undertaker down. I mean, he's such a good guy. He says in the documentary that he feels like he let Roman Reigns down. Roman Reigns said, I can't believe I'm in the match with Taker. Yeah. You know, he, he's got that much respect for the company that that's what willed him to go on again. He thought, I can't finish like that. No, not at all, man, which, I, which I'm hoping that he does now because that match he had against AJ Styles was the perfect ending. Mm. It was really cool. But going back to some of the other entrances that I completely forgot about, uh, WrestleMania 21 when he was uh, riding on the thing that was just moving. That was quite cool, the smoke around him. Uh, riding across yeah. down. Yeah. Was it um, Royal Rumble 2006 when he came out on that sort of like, you know what Ben-Hur rode on? Was that Royal Rumble 2006 or 2007 when did they had they put the main event as a championship match rather than a Royal Rumble that one year, then they'd take a come out. Survivor Series 2005, take a coming out the casket with the big beard and slashing for it. Yeah. Dude, we, 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 next time we should do like a top 10 ent- entrances for Taker. Like I said at the top of this podcast, it's, we've got three and I'm looking at four and I know for a fact that you was going to mention a couple of them. So I've had to change them on the fly. There are so many we can I know, man. And I think half of the Undertaker, I mean, sometimes, when I was younger, sometimes his matches felt very slow. And I think that was the thing about The Undertaker. It was meant to be slow, and then he yeah. really caused damage. And I think, you know, looking back now, he was an old, it was brilliant to watch now. I love watching Undertaker matches. But um, his entrances is what you look forward to, personally, for me. And then you, you want to see the tombstone, especially in the time that pile drivers were obsolete from WWE. I mean, they kind of mm-hmm. been... But... Um, you know, pile drivers was a banned move unless you was Undertaker or Kane. So if you saw a tombstone, you was like, shit! Like, or actually, if you know him, see him punk on Raw against John Cena and you're going like that to the fucking... <laughs> yeah, I know, man. That was that a great was... match as well. That was a great match. I remember when Michael Cole went, it's a pile driver! <laughs> he was like, um, what do we do? I know, do we call it? Do we not call it? I was like, it's a pile driver! He so went, it's a pile driver! <laughs> Oh dear. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Taker's Taker's entrances are great. I mean, what was your favourite um, era of Taker? I mean, was it uh, my favourite? What would, before we go on to that, mate? What was your third Undertaker entrance then? Well, actually, I did have the CM Punk one, but I did have Reserve, and it was a year before against Triple H. Um, okay, that was a really good one as well. It had a big match feel. Um, and Triple H versus Taker. I mean, they'd already met once before at WrestleMania when he was the American Badass. I mean, that was a cool match. That was quite bloody. It's mm. where Triple H is uh, pummeling him in the corner. Taker just holds him, walks forward, slams him down for the last ride, then gives it the whole sort of RVD, yes. <laughs> RVD tombstone. Um, yeah, I like that entrance too. I think it's because I like the set and it kind of suited it. It, it looked very flashy. Um, yeah, I suppose you could say that. 
I've already said 14. I mean, I did like the good first evil Undertaker when it was um, against Shawn Michaels. But Shawn Michaels made it out to be like he was coming from heaven and Undertaker was coming up from hell. That was quite good. Like, yin yang mm. an evil. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go okay. with Undertaker against Shawn Michaels when it was, um, I might have been their first encounter when, you know, um, mm. Undertaker was being pulled from hell getting called from hell to fight the demons, you know. I'll go with that. I'm going to say Taker and Shawn Michaels. Nice one, man. So, obviously, your favourite error would be the Ministry Taker, but what's the reason for it? Is it because he was really evil, or do you just like the way that he was able to kind of evolve his character again? Because that's the great thing about Taker, is the amount of times he's able to evolve his character to make it different and that kind of thing. So Yeah, I mean, they say Chris Jericho is the man of changing his, you know, changing it up. So is Undertaker. Um... Yeah, for me, this was my favourite Undertaker because I liked the Ministry. I didn't like the Ministry as like much as like I didn't particularly like it when they teamed out of the corporation and it all got a little bit blah, a little bit whack. Mm. But I liked it when Undertaker was evil as fuck, like hanging the boss man and stuff like that. You thought to yourself, this guy, you know, he got arrested for his cause, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And he was just like even the referees were scared of him. Like, you don't get that so much with the later Undertaker. Referees call these matches and sort of, like, if you get a two and the Undertaker just looks at him, referee just goes, two. But back in this day, if Undertaker just went like that, referee go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, like everyone was shit scared of the Undertaker. And I think he looked like his attire. He kind of looked cool. It wasn't just black. He'd have, like, leather straps over it or he'd just come to the ring wearing a vest top and he wouldn't have his long coat. He would just mm. have his like Lucifer just back but long and he'd have the teardrop and his face was white and he wouldn't show emotion he would just stand in the room just growling all the time he, it was like he was possessed by the devil um, he wasn't Satan's left hand man he was Satan at this point and I love yeah. that I love that to me that was the epitome of the Undertaker it was the, it was the pinnacle point yeah. How about yours what was your favourite uh, mine was from SummerSlam 94 I just loved the whole thing that he went from being the sort of the Grim Reaper into the actual dead man where he had the amazing music, the amazing entrances. I just loved the purple gloves and I just loved some of the feuds that he had. You know, he had a great feud with Karma and Mustafa. He had a really good feud with Kevin Nash. He had a really good match against Bret Hart. And I just thought for me, that was where he was. That was for me, The Undertaker, that symbolised just how good the character was to then help him to develop to be then go on to wrestle against Shawn Michaels and Kane and that sort of thing really I just thought it was really I just thought it was really cool change to the character after kind of like being around for those so many years you know yeah transitional into like a the era that he was yeah kind yeah. of moving in yeah 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 um yeah I like that it's funny we, we both like him for different kind of reasons that we still love him inside and outside the ring um I I think you're, like, from my perspective, I think your appreciation of The Undertaker is because you saw him from a very young age and you like the fact that he very theatrical when he evolved with the business. And mm. for me, stepping into the business slightly later, when it was aimed at more of an adult demographic and that he was proper, he was, like, the only gimmick in the industry at that point, I know you had Kane, but Undertaker was still Undertaker. And he was just the devil to me. That was kind of like what made me fall in love with The Undertaker. Mm. Um, 
But uh, I mean, I, I I just loved the Undertaker. I didn't realise how much I loved the Undertaker until I actually recorded this podcast review. To be honest, I know, man. It's one of those things like you don't really think about it, and it's really weird. Like I talk about my five all-time favorite wrestlers, and now looking back at it, I'm like, I might actually flip out Hogan for Taker now. Yeah. Because. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done more in the business. I mean, don't be wrong. Hulk Hogan done is he got the business where it was at, and if it wasn't for him. Wrestling, wouldn't, there wouldn't be no Undertaker. Not at all. There was no Undertaker. Would there have been an Attitude Era? You know, there's there's all this yeah. kind of stuff. You know, and uh, he's one of the only wrestlers who've actually been in the same company for however long he's been in the company. You know, he's been in the company now for thirty years. I mean, I'm thirty-two years old. Taker's been at WWE since then. Yeah, I know, man. It's mad, isn't it? Like you don't. We look back and you see him because the funny thing about it, because you watched the interview with Steve Austin, didn't you? Where he yeah. mentioned when he first was told he's coming into WWE, he thought it was going to become the Chicken Man or the Gobbledygooker, and then to see him become this character who no one would have thought would have worked, mm. and then went on thirty years to be the greatest character wrestler or whatever you want to call him ever. Because mm. to me, there are maybe three people in the in the world of professional wrestling who I would class as the greatest: character, Undertaker. Manager, um, Bobby Heaton, um, announcer, Gene Oakland. For me, those three people are the three greatest in their field. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Oh, yeah. and ring announcer. Um, Fink. Fink, that was it, Fink. So I couldn't remember yeah. Fink, Fink of his name for a second there. My mind went blank. Howard Finkel, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was, Fink. I am thinking, no, the Fink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I might have went blank on Howard Finkel because uh, someone else as well part of our childhood and also I forgot to mention with the entrances just his announcing of his name The Undertaker and it made it sound like the coolest guy in the world I liked um, who's the AEW uh, uh, Justin Roberts Justin yeah he had a really good one as well take it. you know the way he said it yes um, I loved it you know I remember watching um, <laughs> it was uh, being the elite when he just signed and he was in the back drinking coffee and the young bucks went up to him and they, uh, so Justin he's like yeah he's like, so how would you announce us when we make TV the young bucks he goes oh I like that and it, it, every, it was quite a gimmick that every, like, all the guys were going up to him saying, how are you going to announce my name? And he does it so well, but I always, yes. you know, you look at the, uh, what was it, CM Punk? Was it the Triple H match? It might have been the Triple H match where Justin Roberts is announcing The Undertaker. And it's just the way he pronounced it. Under! Love that. I think yes. Justin Roberts is so, um, he, I don't think he's as recognised as he should be. For I think he should be the thing. Yeah. And him, Lillian Garcia. Yeah, Tony Chimmel was pretty good for his time and certain people. Like yeah. Edge loved to Edge loved the way he announced him. Mm-hmm. Um, who who else was really good back in the day when it comes to ring announcers? Michael Buffer. Yeah, he's <laughs> Bruce I mean, Buffer's way better though. I love Bruce Buffer way more. Yeah. It's time. Yeah, <laughs> time. Um. I don't know, really. I mean, the Fink is still the best. He's not with us anymore, is he? Nah, sadly passed away, man. Uh, earlier this year. It's really yeah. sad. That's bad. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's where we're at with that, I suppose. Um, so, what would you class as your favourite moments then, Richie? What? Wait a minute. Wait 
That's... It's not him. Oh, look at that. He's gone, don't worry. The purple light has fallen over this arena. A purple hue in the ring. Paul Bear's trying to reassure Kane that The Undertaker's gone forever. Ellis King has got, it's got cold. It's, it's a damp cold in this arena right now. I promise you, it's not him. Well, who's tolling those bells? Some mind games are being played on Paul Bear and Kane. The bells are getting louder, and it's getting colder in here. It's not a red light. That's enough of that damn music, JR. It's not him. Are you doing that, JR? Well, and I'm doing it. Sitting right beside you, King. Of course not. Wait a minute. Look. Look up there. Look at that. Could it be? Look. Could it be? Whoa! Lightning bolt just hit that coffin. A lightning bolt. What's your first one then, boss? Uh, my first one is, well, my first two are actually both from the area, area that I liked. Um, I've got at number three, Stephanie's teddy bear, and then the sacrifice of Stephanie. So again, this is when Undertaker was ministry, and it's where Undertaker, I don't know if you remember this, but Undertaker's got Stephanie McMahon's teddy bear because he's, he's, yes. he's actually kidnapped Steph, and Vince McMahon's on his knees pleading with the undertaker and this is how evil he is and he burns the head of the teddy bear and throws it up the ramp and vince mcmahon is on his knees crying crawling into this burning teddy bear which symbolizes his daughter um that and the sacrifice of stephanie on the undertaker logo and being risen up yes you know because you know evil 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 fucking evil i love it i love it i love it i love it yeah that's my first one how about you uh, mine would be King of the Ring 98, where he threw mankind off off the top of the hell in a cell. Yeah. I, feel, I, I Even though, yes, you might symbolise it more with a mankind McFoley moment, but you, you need to take it to do the move, and I think, because that's the first time I ever saw something like that, it was just the shock of that moment ever happening, and it's one of those moments that nowadays, if you mention that moment or even that match, people go like, oh my God, I love that match. I love that hell in a cell match. You know, it's just... 
that and you see take and the other moment when taker does a choke slam and he goes through the roof of the cage it's just like yeah yeah i love these moments they're so iconic and yeah become so synonymous of wrestling that if you think of a wrestling match you're like oh you mean like hell in a cell between taker and mankind you know it's brilliant what everyone remembers you know mm. you say undertaker you say is that the guy through the fat bloke off the self you're like yeah that's him yeah that's undertaker yeah uh my second one is a bit like stephanie's when he held stone cold up on raw um again on the symbol of the exorcism for stone cold steve austin um but i think that was leading into a big match i loved that as well um obviously the ministry surrounding him undertaker's got complete control over the wf he's making stone cold steve austin look like a chump you know he's sacrificing the baby face the crowd are well into it um they're screaming there's women there's women you know and children crying and that you know he's like uh, it's quite good i think stone cold done well that he was originally mm. cross like and you could see him trying to get off but as he's floating above he acts like he's dead and it looks like he's killed steve austin so hats off to steve austin he puts his head down instead of shaking he slowly makes his hands go limp if you watch that, it's amazing. And Undertaker's just staring at him. Oh, I love it. And then there's, oh, yeah. Again, evil, evil Undertaker. Yeah. How about you, mate? Second. Uh... Uh, my second one is the moment when Taker came back. Uh, basically, in the beginning of 98, you had the really good match between Michaels and Taker in the coffin match or casket match. And you had, do you remember when Kane put the casket on fire? Yeah. And he literally had this cast that come out and you had Joe going, what's going on? And then you heard his music starting to play and then you had the lightning bolt and you had Joe go, the lightning bolt just hit that coffin. And then yeah. you see Taker just rise up and you see and then turn to Kane, you see the crowd just go insane. Like, I love that moment. And it's just so cool just to just to see it happen. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. That's a good moment. Yeah, man. Right. This is I, I need to watch that moment again. I might do that after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my top moment, um, probably a bit of a shocker. It's the end of an era hug. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, after the Hell in the Cell match with um, Shawn Michaels as the referee, and I think that match alone is absolutely brilliant. I think Shawn Michaels plays the perfect, perfect referee in that match. I remember when that match was actually first put together. And they said, oh, Shawn Michaels is a referee. And I was generally thinking, oh, what is this? Just make sure Shawn Michaels has got something to do. But I think that story in that match was absolutely perfect. And, you know, like when Triple H would do something to Undertaker and he wouldn't stay down and Shawn Michaels starts, he, he falls to the corner crying um, as if to say, oh, I can't watch this anymore. It's too much. These are both my friends. But the mm. hug at the top of the ramp, to me, that kind of, especially the whole thing being built as end of an era and seeing them three have that hug at the top. All it needed was Austin there somehow, but them three just kind of solidifying the end of the Attitude Era. And it's kind of like, for me, that's like the end of The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H as near enough full-time athletes as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And just seeing Undertaker basically out of character, just saying thank you. I... That always hits me in the heart, that one. It gives me a lump in my throat. If I watch that match and they have that hug at the top, you just think you're doing this because of the love of the business. You three are in this, not to become movie stars, not to become politicians, not to become some bloody Hollywood blockbusting dude. You're in it because you love pro wrestling. And 
them three having that cuddle at the end of that awesome story they told for me that just hits me i see that as an undertaker moment i don't know why i don't know if it's because it's the hell in the cell but to me that is the undertaker's moment yeah I'm, I'm not sure if he's mentioned it or not on the documentary that other episode that you've seen but he actually has a picture him uh michaels and triple h all have pictures that triple h actually made of that moment all in yeah. their house like yeah. Up on the wall in private yeah, place. Yeah, gym. It's above yes. his gym as he walks yeah. down. Um, yeah, yeah, he likes that. But yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's cool. Yeah, but that's yeah, cool. that's my that's my favourite ever moment. I know it's odd, but it just summarises The Undertaker and Triple H and Shawn Michaels, what they gave us. So. Uh, my favourite moment is very different to your favourite moment. My favourite moment is I originally was, had WrestleMania 20 when he came back by actually thinking, actually, no. But the moment was uh, it was in the Undertaker-CM Punk match. Uh, CM Punk had Taker in the Anaconda Vice. And you just see Taker sit up with this look of death in his face and Punk shitting himself. Yeah. For me, that moment is just amazing. The cinematography for that moment is just great. And it just shows you just how cool, badass and scary Taker is to have a man who was insulting him for so long. A man who's like, I'm not scared of you, Taker, blah, blah. But actually, as soon as he does the sit-up and does that face, everyone shits themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a cool moment. Bloody cool moment. See, we've all got, there's different, different, you know, there's no yes. right answer, there's no wrong answer, I think. Uh, and another moment that I love, which I kind of feel has been kind of parodied now, is the laughing thing when he was wrestling against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam 2015. Yeah, that's a meme. Yeah, is it? That's a meme and a half. Yeah, there's been so many memes of that. It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I could think of others, you know. Um, you know, another funny moment of Undertaker's when he's in the <laughs> he's in the cab, in the limousine, you know, where to, Stephanie? And then yes. later on SmackDown, he went, buckle up, Teddy. You know, yes. it's, yeah. it's just absolutely fantastic. It is, uh, isn't it, man? So, so good. It's the fact that Undertaker, when he was doing his SmackDown run, could do fun stuff like that. Because him and Teddy Longo way back, he used yeah. to be manager when they was part of uh, Twin Towers, and he's known. To, he's been friends with Teddy Long for bloody years, mm. and I wonder why when Teddy Long was the, uh, you know, the, the GM of SmackDown, there was lots of uh, input from him, and there was always a tag team. He was either going to be in a tag team match, or you'll be wrestling the Undertaker player. You know, yes, just, definitely, yes. Uh, yeah. There's a video on YouTube where it's a compilation of you'll be wrestling the Undertaker, and it just ever go. You know, going crazy and stuff. I fucking loved it. It was so good. Well, it made me laugh. I saw um, it was uh, it was on Twitter, and it was leaked footage of um, WWE 2K22, and it had the main menu, and on the left hand side was Teddy Long, the microphone, and it said game modes: tag match, tag match, tag match, tag match. <laughs> and the one with the Undertaker. <laughs> That's so good, man. I love it. Fucking brilliant. I think <laughs> they, they should get Teddy Long in AEW. They love a tag match. Oh, they would do, man. Yeah. Yeah, everything's a big match. Yeah, yeah, man, definitely. That'd be so funny. Mm. Soda Man, the big one, boss. Our three favourite matches from Taker's career. I 
there's anybody that ought to face the Undertaker at the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. Now, this one was very, very hard. It was. Because he's had so many great matches against so many different people. Yeah. It's hard, yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to go with In Your House 97 against Shawn Michaels in the Cell. First ever Cell match. 
that was a great match, man. I think that was Dave Meltzer's first five star match as well for the um, Federation as well. I think it was. Um, I love that. I love that. I mean, obviously, it's set up for WrestleMania 14. Um, the fact that it, it kind of made the Cell match Undertaker's match, I think. Um, whenever I see a Cell match, I just think Undertaker. Um, this match for me, obviously, it introduces Kane. It gives more character depth of The Undertaker. It kind of refreshes The Undertaker, even though he lost. No, he did win. No, he lost. He lost. Yeah, he lost. Yeah. Undertaker. And that kind of, it wasn't important that he lost, you know. But I think for a character arc and a story arc, bringing Kane in at this point as well, um, it just refreshed The Undertaker. But the match was awesome. The match was gory. Obviously, I mean, Shawn Michaels took a massive bump off the, off the top of the cell or the halfway down the cell. You know, they kind of fell through the announce desk. Um, they got on top of it. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be my favourite match. First favourite match. How about you? Uh, I originally was going to have a different match, but I've changed it now, mm. where it was going to be against Mankind at King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's not necessarily a great match, but for what it did and how it made the Hell in a Cell go from this great match to this amazing match full of these amazing moments, I think for a historical significance, it's one of those matches that, as we said earlier, that any fan who likes wrestling would know this match or any person who doesn't know wrestling would have heard stuff from this match, you know, sound bites from JR moments from the match, just different things happening and seeing what happened and then different images and stuff. I think for me, it works to kind of emphasize and sort of like highlight two men's great careers to have this fantastic match as well. You know? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my one comes off the back of what we've just said about the end of the era hug is WrestleMania 28 against Triple H in the cell. Um, special guest referees, obviously Shawn Michaels. Great storytelling here off all three. Um, there was a chair shot, which all the guys got fined for. Um, which they still show on the network. They still show you that chair shot. Which I think, Do they? Yeah, they, 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 they've not blocked it out. I mean, it was a protective chair shot, but it was just Triple H smashing on. Was it Triple H that hit it? I think it was Triple H that used yeah, the Yeah, because I remember there was another one at 27 they got fined for as well. In they? that, in the Lantern match, they did a chair shot to the head. Ah. It was the um, no holds bar. It was a no holds bar match when Taker got them. Uh, even at Taker won, he got taken off on the stretcher thing. It oh, was, yeah. Not the stretcher, but it was like that weird like pod sort of like yeah. tarp in that they had. Yeah, That's a bit like the tarp. Yeah, best match on the card. Shit mania, though, 27 was. Yeah, 27 sucks. But yeah, 28, Triple H, I think it's just an awesome story. Again, it's the end mm. of the era match. Lovely yeah. hell in the cell match. Lots of gore. Shawn Michaels does more than I expected him to do, which actually worked really well. And obviously, you had the whole super kick into the uh, pedigree, which I thought, that's it. Streak over. If anyone's going to do it, it's Triple H. Blah, 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 blah. And he kicked out and, you know... Um, the old cuddle at the top of the ramp. So, yeah, do you know what? I might actually just watch that match just for nostalgia. I mean, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but generally it's pretty old now. Um, I know, man, isn't it? It's scary how old these matches are we're talking about. But um, it's a shame wrestling is not like it is now, you know. Um, yeah, for me, that's my second top match. What about yours? Uh, my next match would be against Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. This uh-huh. match was... 
for me, a match I was most excited for for that pay-per-view. This match, um, Heaven versus Hell, uh, stole the show for me. Such a good match. Started off slow, built up, taking that amazing dive. I thought, oh my God, is he dead? But then it's kind of felt like he was able to sell the effects of that and other moves more and just the fact the amazing kickouts, the amazing false finishes. It's just one of those matches that like the one from 28 that I could have to go back and watch again and still lose myself in the match and be like, oh my God, is he going to lose? Oh my God, is he going to lose? And then we yeah. just like, ah, oh, he's in, he kicked out, you know? Yeah. Because the streak matches were so good because it's like, for me, before Take a Streak ended, WrestleMania was always for the, whoever the championship was and the streak. To me, the streak was actually more of an important title in a sense than the actual world title the main event was as well it was for me as well as a, as a wrestling fan definitely i mean um you've kind of threw a spanner in the works for me because that's my top match um oh you, you can still use it if yeah it, i mean if it's your top match yeah i mean there you go my top match is that match um i think it's one of the best matches i think i've ever seen undertaker and triple h uh undertaker and Shawn michaels in um <sighs> Uh, I think, I think the only thing that I wish it got was five stars from Meltzer. I don't know why I gave it 4.75. It's his opinion. But for me, I think that is one of, or if not the best WrestleMania match I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I wonder why he didn't give it a five star. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's up there with Okada and Kenny, you know, for me. Yeah. yeah I mean, you've had other matches like Steamboat Savage, um, Austin, Bret Hart, Austin Rock rock hogan etc but for me i think this is look i think actually looking it in a sort of like not favoritism kind of way i think for me this is the best wrestlemania match ever yeah which is why i was so glad the match at 26 was the main event yeah yeah definitely man man i mean yeah i mean it i'd understand Meltzer. I think he, at the time he might have had something against WWE or whatever, or I don't know if, if he doesn't like. Maybe it's because it wasn't at Tokyo Dome. Maybe yeah, <laughs> everyone says that, don't they? It was at like Tokyo Dome, it doesn't give it. I mean, if it was at Tokyo Dome rather than wherever it was, Sky Pod Arena or some shit. I know. But, I know. So I mean, that's my top three matches. I could have a top five. I could have a top ten. Um, I mean, I could go on to say that, yeah, Undertaker and Mankind in the Cell match wasn't the best match, but theoretically it was fantastic. Storytelling, it was great. Another honourable mention for me would be the uh, Kane at 14. Um, again, through the story, the story arc, mm. it's really good character work on both behalves, and it, helped, it set Kane's career up. Um, I mean, there's so many. The CM Punk match was great. I mean, it was oh, in your... That, that's, my, that's my number one match. Oh, there we go. I was going to ask. It must be up there. And I am gonna. I thought that when I was writing it, I thought that would be your number one. So, yeah. Why is that? I'm, I mean, it's obvious to me because I'm one of your good friends. But, yeah, why is uh, that? Because one of the main reasons because I was there live. Yeah. Uh, another moment is it's Punk's last WrestleMania match. Another reason is because it was one of those matches that being there live, you just lose yourself in the match. Everything that they did was just amazing. Uh, when one of the biggest moments of the entire night for me was when Punk hit Taker with the urn and and he put him in the Undertaker pinning pose and he did the face and he thought fuck Punk's gonna win and then he didn't and he Taker kicked out and I was like oh my god Taker kicked out you saw everyone just go insane everyone was chanting it was the best match of the entire night should have been the main event it should have been yeah everyone says it should have been um, 
and it was just one of those cool moments that actually kind of symbolized and was kind of like the lasting or the last moment really of Paul Bearer and Taker together because obviously he sadly passed away at the beginning of that year got into the Hall of Fame Taker for the first time ever was at a Hall of Fame to pay tribute to his fallen friend but it kind of felt like in a sense I know the previous match was known as the end of an era it kind of felt like to me it was an end of an era because it was kind of like Taker's last moment to kind of symbolize and remember Paul Bearer where after that it would kind of felt like he didn't have that in his character anymore if you know what I mean yeah yeah Paul Bearer was like synonymous with his career yes um, and you had Paul Heyman do his amazing selling and the way at Taker one was such a cool way to win and yeah it was a I thought it was a really really good match yeah no totally totally I knew that'd be your number one so we've gone through moments we've gone through matches and we've gone through entrances and it had mm-hmm. been tragedy not to talk about the Undertaker streak WrestleMania streak I watched this live when Brett Lesnar broke the streak and I couldn't believe it mm-hmm. same I, here I was absolutely devastated with this and I just thought it was an absolute finger up to the Undertaker I don't personally think the streak should have ever ever been ended I think the Undertaker should have retired with the streak Steve Austin thinks the same. Um, a lot of the workers who work with Undertaker think he shouldn't have been beaten. It, it, even he does to a certain extent as well. Even he even he said to Vince, so you're yeah. cool, boss. But even he was like, really? I'm losing the streak? What would you, what's your opinion on it? I, I completely agree with you. I don't think it should have ended. I think it should have carried on because with the streak ending, it lost um, big money match. Because as soon as the streak ended, even though seeing Undertaker live was cool in his entrance, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, that's one of the main reasons why we love Taker so much, because his entrance was so cool and himself was cool and everything. But they lost a big money match. Like, one of the main reasons people watch WrestleMania is because of the streak. One of the main reasons his matches were so exciting and so like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Is it going to end? Is because of the streak. Yeah. And because of the ending, WrestleMania lost a lot of what made... It's so cool for all those years, you know. Yeah, yeah, his magic. I mean, the Undertaker does actually say he doesn't remember the last sort of like ten minutes of that match, and you know, even in he went straight to hospital and like he was asking his wife, "What's my surname?" Like he did not know what was going on. I think that's what he said. But oh, man, like to me, it was just the biggest mistake ever was to end. Yeah, that. I mean, who else? Beat Roman Reigns has beat him at Mania now. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Is it just Lesnar and Reigns? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh man. Which is why I'm, which is why I hope if he ever has another match again, which I'm hoping he doesn't because I think he left in the best terms possible, but he has a match against both of them and wins. But that way he then, you know, beats well, I think the... That could work because a triple threat, you could do less work, it's less demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, you can take a powder every now and then and get your win back in your sales. Yeah, and then uh, he's revenged both his losses at WrestleMania. Exactly. What? How would you feel if he beat him at the same time and the, the score come up on the screen and the losses went to zero and then you got an extra two on the plus? I, w- I would love that. I would think it would be awesome. Because so many people hated it ending. Because I'll be honest, when it happened, I was nearly in tears. I, I, I know it's silly to say, cause, no, but 
it's kind of like this is our childhood this is something that we've grown up with and loved and i was completely and utterly shocked rest of the evening whilst watching it live on the tv yeah i was speechless yeah you're sitting there thinking like you're watching the max match and you're thinking the undertaker's street has generally just been lost like yeah and you think no taker's gonna kick out he's he has to kick out he always kicks out and he didn't i was like i felt like paul Heyman. i felt like that that um that fan who's known for having the face that it's like the patrick face and i'm like the guy who wears the say yes shirt and i'm like yeah I mean, people were booing, weren't they? Like, apparently, the Paul Heyman said that when the free count hit, the whole place went dead quiet. And apparently, Brock Lesnar looked at Paul and went, "What's going on?" And then all of a sudden, this crowd of boos started happening. But people was literally like for ten seconds, just completely dead silent. All sort of just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, like, and and I feel that happening also hampered Daniel Bryan's winning the championship because how else can you really? be up there again you know if you know what i mean because can't. you can't yeah. this man who's had a 21 no streak yeah. but if you notice they never actually brought up the streak properly until maybe 17 18 when it was starting to then discuss the streak and then yeah. it was at when it was then against randy orton which actually interesting enough they were going to have orton um beat taker but also was like no i'm not going to be no no i'll have taker win yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah. Edge got asked the same thing. Do you want to be the guy to win the streak? And he went, no. Um, and did you know that uh, Chris Jericho actually put Bry back forward to beat the streak? Really? Yeah, it was on, um, I think Chris Jericho shared it on his Facebook page. He actually said to Vince McMahon, like, hey, you ever thought about having Ryback do it? Because Ryback was quite hot at one point. Um, Rybotch. Uh, oh, my God. I, remember, I, can't, I remember how big he was, actually, in 2012. Yeah, he was he was one of the top top names. Um, mm. I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Brock Lesnar because he's like no one else. You know, the size of him, the skill, what he brings. I mean, I always enjoy watching a Brock Lesnar match because there's always going to be colour. It's always going to be quite violent. Mm. Uh, it's a bit like a Mike Tyson fight. But the Undertaker Street should not have been beaten. I think it's still spoke to about this day, like these days, and. Nah, for me, Taker should have kept that streak going and retired on that streak. I think he should have his last match. You know when he put his ring, but you know his hat down and his big coat and his gloves and walked out the ring. Um, mm-hmm. Jr. called that match. That to me should have been. I'd love that to have been the end with an unbeaten streak and gone. That's my lot. Yeah. You know, I generally thought he had retired when he laid his boots and hat down, basically. I thought that's why I thought as well. Us. You know, Jim Ross was saying the cowboy is finally walking off into the distance. Thank you, Undertaker. And stood up and clapped. Everyone thought that's it, he's retired. Yeah. I mean, because even though he has retired, do you think he'll do what I suggested and just not do a match, but do the entrance and then give someone a choke somewhere on a tombstone and then walk off? Because I think if yeah. he did that for years to come people would enjoy it because they're seeing Taker's entrance they're seeing him as well yeah you know like Hogan when Hogan comes and then you know nothing's happening then bow 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 the crowd go fucking mad I think yes you know Undertaker would be good to be used a bit like Steve Austin you know like he did against John Cena basically a squash match against Cena I mean Cena's great to let Undertaker come back and squash him because he's got respect Mm. I love that. I think that was awesome. You know, when Elias come out, we thought, oh, we ain't getting Undertaker. 
you know, that was so well done. Um, yeah, days Undertaker like that, you get the Undertaker entrance, you see the greatest hits, and it's done. It's fine. I'm happy with that. You just don't want it to become a parody of itself. So just sometimes, like, I can watch it, like, oh, Steve Austin's here it's next week on Raw. You think he's going to turn up, stun on someone, drink some beer and go. And you think, well, that's all right. But then the rest of the card that follows that, it all mm. feels so minor league. You know, oh, here comes The Miz. You think, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I miss the Attitude Era. You know, it's that. Yeah. That's the problem with it. It's funny, isn't it? Like, you wouldn't believe they would do that, like, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But now they do. And it's just like, no, then you need to build stars and stuff and use people to help people. Because I think Take would be great at the, at the Performance Center. Yeah. Like, teaching guys, like... There's a moment in the documentary where he's teaching guys. You see, like, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and other people in that room with him, and it's like, you're talking to the man, the Undertaker, like, I would love to be in those shoes. Oh, imagine having tuition. I mean, I, when I was training to do it, we had Ricochet come in, and he started talking about bits and pieces, and learning of him was pretty cool. Mm. Uh, but you think, who would you rather listen to, Ricochet or Undertaker? If Undertaker's saying to me, when you take this bump, always powder, because then the heat will be put on the hill. And you think, okay, or you're going to have Ricochet say, yeah, when he does that, bounce up and do a 1060 splash into the corner. I'd rather listen to Undertaker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No disrespect to Ricochet. But um, Undertaker's Undertaker. You know. I'd love to just pick the brain of the Undertaker. You know, he's been here. So long. I mean, when he goes to the performance center, if he ever does, he's talking to people and uh, not even been alive as long as he's been in the industry. I know it's mad, isn't it? Like I've, I don't think Adam Cole's even in his thirties yet, is he? Must be late twenties at the uh, the latest, I guess. I think. Yeah, latest. Something like that. He's only he's a youngster, really. Yeah, isn't he, man? Yeah. And I also think as well the cool thing about Taker is I would just love to speak to him about what his favourite entrance might be, because he's had so many iconic ones, or his favourite match, or his favourite, like, attire that he's worn, or moments, because he's had so many throughout the last 30 years. Because mm. if you notice, in most, like, moments of talking about entrances, or moments, or anything to do with wrestling, like WWE, or anyone in general, Taker's always up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I know that he, he, he said on his documentary he quite enjoyed doing the American Badass stuff, just to get out of character for a bit and be himself. Mm. He enjoyed that. Some people hated that era. I didn't mind it. I preferred it when he first started doing it with like the Kid Rock theme. I think the Limp Biscuit stuff didn't really suit the character. But um, I loved it when he was doing the Kid Rock entrance, you know. I am American badass, call me. You know, and all that, and you come down on the bike and stuff. Uh, You know, when he wore the blue, blue and black rather than black on black devil, you know, Dead Man Incorporated stuff. Mm. But, uh, I mean, yeah, Dead Man is definitely the best. Definitely, man. Because I'll be honest, I'm the same as you. I enjoyed the American Badass, but I wanted the Dead Man to come back. And when he did finally come back at 20, I was like, yes, I was so happy. And he had the music as well. What made know. him come back into the evil dead guy? I don't know. I don't know. I, I remember listening to Bruce Pritchard doc, uh, podcast about it, but I can't remember. I just think Dave wanted to come back as a dead man, and he was like, to Vince, yeah, they'll do whatever you want, boss. Yeah. Because they were like to him, we've given you your time. You've been the American badass. We've done this to you. We need you to come back. But and then, but then I think he was like, but can I have some bits of American badass still? And it's like, yeah, it's fine. Because if you notice, he wears the bandana and he has the the jeans 
and and then yeah and then i think in 2005 when he came back to survivor series that's when he went full proper proper deadpan again without yeah. hints which is why i liked his match at wrestlemania 36 which he mentions in the documentary that it's a meld of all three of his characters like him as himself as mark calloway the american badass as well as the dead man all in one yeah it's all one because he says in one of his promos doesn't he I may, dre- I may not dress like Satan no more, but trust me, I'm still worshipping the devil. And yes. you think, oh, oh, I love it when he says that. Like, It's quite interesting because when he's talking about it, because he's someone who's about the story and the match and stuff, he's kind of like, well, if he wasn't any, any of the other characters, why would a dead man in it, for example, be fighting for the um, respect of his wife? It doesn't make any sense. That's why melding the other two characters with the dead man works because it's kind of like he's showing him actually you're messing with the wrong guy the dead man who's this amazing character but mm. also with the other two it kind of works because mm. that's another thing I love about taker he does things that make sense he yeah. doesn't do some it doesn't do something that isn't going to make sense he looks at the storyline and it's like actually this makes sense that's why i'm going to do it yeah he does you know and his matches like that as well he, they always say when you watch undertaker's matches every move makes sense as well mm-hmm. like, do something just for the sake of doing something and he said that when he first became the undertaker and i talk about this in the documentary he could obviously move very quick and he was actually quite a high flyer for a man of six foot well, six mm. like he could like dive over the top rope he could accelerate you know when he was working as part of the twin towers he was willing yeah to- he was a basketball player back in the yeah, day as well basketball. i mean he can move and mm. i think with the undertaker like he would have slow methodical matches and all of a sudden it'd be like like there'd be bursts of like speed and it, it'd be enough to get the crowd back into it and he knew what he was doing he really did know what he was doing i loved him taker and later on in his career everyone called him the best pure striker and he took that away from the american badass brought it back to the dead man you know mm. like match would start it'd be all sort of like a boxer the way his hands would be up they always say one of the best pure strikers in wwe and you know the undertaker and how he even the commentary always say later on in his career this man can change his style to suit to wrestle anyone and he's adopted different techniques throughout the years. This is what makes him so good. This is what makes him the phenom. I love it. But yeah, still... see, yeah, he had some really good matches against Bret Hart in 97 as well. His yeah. match at SummerSlam, his match at One Night Only were really good. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I love about himself as a man is the fact he made the character work. Yeah. Like, be honest with you though, if it was anyone else, do you think the character would have worked? Because I don't think it would have worked and lasted as long as it has. No, he was the perfect guy for that character. Yes. Yeah. You couldn't have given that to The Rock or someone like that. He was just like the perfect, perfect, perfect Undertaker. Even Glenn Jacobs says that he couldn't, have done, you know, he wouldn't have been able to be Undertaker. That was Mark Calloway's calling in life to be. That yeah. Because have you, have you seen a really good uh, podcast, the episode where you had St- Steve Austin talking to Triple H, JBL and Shawn Michaels about Taker and stuff? Because it was for the 25-year anniversary of Taker. Okay. Yeah, like it's, it's on the network. If you get a chance to listen to it or watch it, it's really good. And they discuss things about how they think the characters worked and how much he's morphed and developed and everything else. It's a really good thing. I've also actually got a, a book as well about Undertaker 25 years as well. So shows how much of it. Uh, and also got your pop vinyl you bought me as well. Shows oh, how yeah. much Undertaker yeah. marks we have. Yeah, it was. Yeah, man. I, I have it in my um, room on my... Um, like cabinet thing that I have my microphone on and it's like there in private place with all oh, the other pop vinyls and stuff. Yeah, man. Right. I'll send you a picture. Is it the ministry one I've got? Yeah, or was it the dead man? 
uh, I think it was it's like a cross between ministry and when he wrestled punk kind of era when he had when he went to the weird mohawk thing. Oh, he went to the mohawk and the the um, the hood that come down in like a triangle down his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that era. Yeah, no, that's cool. Modern era, as per se. Yeah, definitely, yeah. man. Nice, nice. Cool. Um, I've just sent you the link to. Ah, oh, wicked, man. Um, I've sent it over Skype. Here we go. Yeah, I remember this entrance. This entrance was fucking awesome, man. The best ministry. So, so good. And the explosion as well was so good. The fire just keeps randomly going. I love it. Have you seen this Summer Sam 98 one where they actually have to tell Elle to get out of the ring because they have the explosion going off in the ring? Yeah. 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 How evil does he look there? That crowd as well, man. So good, man. Yeah, to you listeners, check this out. Judgment Day 98, Ministry Undertaker Entrance. It's on YouTube. Love that fire going off in the background. I know, like, man. It's so good, isn't it? Completely no sells it. He's just one of the main things I miss is they don't mention World World Wrestling Federation anymore. Like actually use the name of the company. They just have the initials now. It's like yeah, the WWE. Yeah. I mean, when people say the World Wrestling Federation Championship and they announced it, it sounded so legit. Now like WWE champion. You think, oh, okay. No. That was cool, man. Mate, how good is JR? Aye, man, JR is the best, isn't he, dude? I love JR. I could have seen him go. He beat, he beat Hulk Hogan. And this would have been in the WCW Monday Night Wars era. And he yeah. brought up Hogan, he brought up Sid, and then he brought Austin, and then, you know, this man's got the credentials, you know, he's he's making The Undertaker look even more of a threat than what he already is, mm. you know? But I love that, that's my favourite carnation of Taker. To me, that's evil, and no one can touch him. But the, but the great thing about Taker, though, he's one of those characters that, even though he's a heel, people still cheered him. Yeah. If you noticed, when when he was during the Ministry Darkness era, people were still loving him. I, love, I still loved Undertaker during that time. It's I think it's great. mad just to see just how sort of like this man, even though he's supposed to be a heel, we loved him because we respected him so much. It's great because it shouldn't have worked. Steve Austin, who was a laugh character, who was a cock the laugh character, Ken Rock, he's a legit baker. God, I dead. That sounds a bit stupid. It's one of the best characters on the show. And one of the, the most, you know, no, kind of stepped to what he was the dead man. I think they more kind of went a route that he's just possessed. Like, mm. like a, a, a sadist, like somebody who just worships him. And they called him the dead man. Associated with like the Shelby hat and like the big black long coat. To me, that's the Reaper. That's the dead man. 
the ministry undertaker was loose. He was what the dead guy. I just, mm. just worked for me. I think any any kind of undertaker. My favourite though is definitely badass. That is for it to be honest with you. Mm. So is your least favourite nation of the Undertaker? Mine probably least favourite one would probably be the same thing, American Badass too. Yeah. Because it was, yeah. you know, it didn't it didn't really feel like Taken. It was weird him being called the Undertaker. Yeah. But I think it just goes to show that how good of a character he was. That even though it's the least favourite to a lot of people, that would have been their best gimmick. If you know what I mean, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I liked the Undertaker start that like, went the way he used to fight as the American Badass. Like he was quite like he was still like a major major threat, and yes. he changed style up. He was a lot quicker, and he he, he was more he was a lot faster in the ring, and his matches seemed to be a lot more brutal. Um, about the theatrics, he used to turn up on a motorbike, kick ass, and go. You know that was the Undertaker. You know, just bad guy from Texas kind of thing that worships the devil. But yeah, he's not my favorite. It's not my favorite carnation, but it's still not. Like, when he has that match against Triple H, I think that's an awesome match. I mean, yeah. Not, yeah, not, his match yeah. against Ric Flair was good as well at eighteen. Yeah, it was. when he was. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, nineteen. Uh, kind of forget about that one. But it was one of those things that even when he went back to being a dead man again, he still had that sort of fast sort of motions. Like his match against Shawn Michaels at 25, it was quite fast and it wasn't so plodding. And then, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, man. It's one of those things, isn't it? We could talk about Undertaker for hours upon hours upon hours, really, couldn't we? Because he's that iconic and that good. Yeah. I mean, we could carry on chatting for another hour. But, um, and before we head off and Richie Moran, anything on the plug at all to the peeps? Uh, just my general um, Twitter account. Um, it's uh, Richard Film One at Twitter. If you've got anything wrestling related, hit me up on there. I generally post from there. Um, and obviously, the Know Your Wrestling Facebook page, uh, I've become a lot more active on that as well. So, um, like some of the stuff, comment on whatever we chuck out. Much appreciated. We'll always respond. Um, yeah, and uh, feedback is much appreciated. Definitely, man. And don't forget as well, guys, to, as Richie said, uh, like us on Facebook. But also don't forget to subscribe to us on many different social medias. Did you know we're now on Buzzsprout? Um, we're also on Anchor FM. We're also on this, this and this. We're on a load of podcasting networks now, boss. Oh. We're getting our, I'm getting our name out there as much as I can. Perfect. There's no excuse to tell your friends and family and anyone who may enjoy wrestling already does so definitely hit yes. Mark's nice podcast up definitely, um, yeah tell your friends tell I, your granny we're on it I know something we need to do one day we need to do an Undertaker's episode when we talk about our matches and we should do one where we do matches to show a non-fan like what match we think who doesn't like wrestling or might not be into it like your partner for example what match of Taker we would show them to be like this is why this man's amazing this is why so many people love this man because of how good he is i reckon that'd be really cool to do one day i think it's weird like if i was to show a male that sounds a bit funny but if i showed sam against mankind at king of the ring i think she'd just be scared i think if you show a a red-blooded hot-blooded male uh, (laughs) like yeah this is wrestling they're like what and you something getting thrown off and getting put through a hell in the cell and hit with chairs and thumbtacks i think any bloodthirsty fight fan would love that match um, yeah, 
I think Sam would probably go, oh, I ain't watching that, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. you know? I know, um, man. It was really funny, actually. Like, uh, my mum used to watch it with us all the time when we were kids and stuff. And as soon as the hand came in, that's what put her off. The hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark Henry. Yes. Mark Henry and Young. That that thing was like, I don't really want to watch this anymore, which is fair enough, because I think a lot of people have been that put it off, but but she still loves Taker and everything. And my brother loves it as well. And, you know, we, she, when he used to wrestle, she used to ask me, like, did Taker win all the time? And sort of things. So, yeah, whenever he wrestles. So, yeah, it was, yeah. Everyone, loves, everyone loves him. Don't know, don't know. He's the best. If you don't know who the Undertaker is, I mean, you're living under a rock. I mean, my mum would know. But I said, do you know who the Undertaker is in wrestling? She'd say, oh, the dead like she'd know. Yeah, cool. yeah. Everyone would. And, I mean, the funny thing is, like we said earlier on in the podcast, he never really had that much exposure apart from the WWF television. He never really got much exposure sort of like on mainstream television. So No, did you know he was actually on an episode of this Anton Deck TV show years and years ago? No, I will YouTube it. You should type in Anton Deck Undertaker and it's hilarious because they're taunting him like this match and you see him like come out and like move this stack of hay and he grabs both of them by the neck and he shoves them both onto the... Um, bouncy castle and then you see him just do these poses it's so good Fantastic. and you see Paul Barrow just talk like Paul Barrow does yeah. <laughs> I will check it out you definitely should know man definitely should this has been another episode of No Wrestling guys we have been amazing hosts as always Mark Sylvester along with me is the man the myth the legend that is Richie Filmer thank you Mark thank you Mark and uh, thanks for listening guys and uh Oh, okay. Then. Okay. What about give us your best Undertaker impression? Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on that note, lots of loves and hugs. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Richie, my man. Yeah.